Before we get started with today's episode about the Central European pilgrimage called the Alpa Adria, I just want to let you know that the first half of today's episode was recorded from Slovenia. So while the sound quality uh, is not perfect, um, certainly the content is wonderful. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for getting lost with us. Welcome to Pilgrim Lost. Come walk with us while we explore life in hopeful motion. All right, uh, Pilgrim Lost peeps, I am here with my friend Dale Bob McFerrin. Just, just really quickly, Dale Bob McFerrin is the—he is the international man of mystery. I have, I have known this gentleman for thirty years. It'll be thirty years next year. Well, believe it or not, we we met in. Um, I'm I'm going to brag a little bit here. We we met in Manila, Philippines. We uh, we kind of connected first in Bangkok, Thailand. We uh, kind of our friendship was submitted uh, outside of Budapest, Hungary at a at a workers camp, and our friendship has led us to such uh, fantastic international locations as Vengen, Switzerland, and um, and certainly Ljubljana, Slovenia, and Cairo, Egypt, and Sure, Los Angeles, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, Dale Bob McFerrin is right now on the phone from from Slovenia currently. Hello, Dale Bob. Hello, Tony. It's great to be on the show with you. Hey, uh, so, Dale, you know, we, we talk about how um, Pilgrim Lost is inspired by these long international treks, but focused on um, really the everyday, wanting to live lives of wholeness and completeness. And yet you are you are actually right now embarking to use our our uh key word for this season you're embarking on an international trek as we speak can you tell me where you are right now certainly i'm at a little farm on the outskirts of bled slovenia the name of the town is cello and i'm at a what they call a tourist farm and so i've known these proprietors uh for a long long time and since 1997 that was when i first came here and it's Joje and Romana Soplic, and they have a, a working farm, and we'll stay. We're staying here a couple nights, but the adventure again begins tomorrow, and with stepping off point is Kranska Gora, Slovenia, and I can tell you more as much as you want to hear, as little as you want to hear about the next step. Well, first of all, when you told me about this excursion that you and your lovely wife are taking, I I was not I was not familiar with this particular international pilgrimage or, or long distance trek that you're on. Can you just tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Well, it's, I'm not exactly sure how many years ago it might've been about 15, but a lot of the, it's kind of a neat story of cooperation between different counties. And they don't say counties here, they say Ochina or municipalities, but an actual strong cooperation between different municipalities in Slovenia and Italy. And they developed this, trail is called the Alpa Adria and it starts in the in the Alps of Austria and goes south all the way to Trieste Italy now you can go either way there are 43 stages but to their credit the Europeans manage things pretty tightly with respect to uh, trash and waste and such and so there's not really any camping allowed along the trail but that there's there's some good points to that because you get to stay in bed and breakfasts, mountain huts, hotels, and have actual contact with the locals and eat their food and, and try their beverages. 
and you don't have to pack all the kit. So you're, what you have to take is reduced by about 70%. And I, I think it's the best thing since sliced bread. This is our second time to do it. We're not doing all the stages. We'll do eight or nine stages starting tomorrow. Our goal is to go from Kranzpogore to Grishka Barda, and we will go outside the country of Slovenia a little bit to Italy, to a place called Cividale. But all told, it's 103 miles, uh, about uh, 13, approximately 13 miles a day, staying, uh, staying at different bed and breakfasts and small hotels along the way. And lastly, one of the reasons I'm uh, pretty pumped about this is over the years, I've got to know some of these hoteliers and we're making second and third and fourth trips to see them. But before we only, you know, we would ride by car and we didn't even know this existed. But this time we're arriving at each spot along the way by foot. And this starts tomorrow morning. Okay, let me get this straight. So this Alpa Adria thing that people can look up online, um, and we will put the website in the show notes, but um, you're telling me that you are getting to walk through the European Alps and valleys and uh, enjoy the beautiful countryside. And all along the way, you get to stay in lovely bed and breakfast and enjoy delicious food and spend time with your wife. And all it costs you is uh, 13 to 15 miles a day of strolling. Yep. That's, that sounds pretty that amazing. Is- <laughs> that's the that's the skinny and the dollar has fallen about 20 percent in the past uh two years but i still think it's pretty reasonable i don't think we'll go into price points but suffice it to say that it's reasonable but think about this your entertainment is nature and walking and quality time with your friends or spouse or significant other and i, I think it's just a, a perfect way to get to know someone because there is no distraction of uh, and there's not endless decisions that need to be made with transport because your transport is a pair of hiking boots and your feet. And you're just going from point A to point B and just uh, taking all this incredible nature, uh, taking it all in. And uh, it's, it's a pretty exceptional experience. Highly recommended. Dale, you are speaking the language of our community. Um, we talk a lot about just the the pleasure of walking and the gift of life experiences and how much that does create both a construct for a meaningful life, but also um, helping create personal wholeness. And could you just talk a little bit about the preparation for this trip? Like what, what did you and Allie go through along the way? And um, are you nervous about it? Or uh, did you have to do a lot of, um, you know, walking beforehand to prepare yourself? Great question, Tony. Here's here's the basic scoop. Uh, neither Ali nor I are like super athletes by any way, shape, or form. What we did. I don't know. Was, You're uh, pretty good, my friend. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Ali. You've been running your whole life. <laughs> well, here's the thing. In contrast, my wife has done 13 marathons. I have done one. Right. So yeah, she's she's in decent shape. We're we're in better shape than some. But here's the thing. If you walk seven miles a day, five, five days a week for uh, five weeks before this experience, you'll be fine. And there is a Slovenian who asked me two days ago, she said, but what if there are bears? And the, I really don't think there's going to be many bear sightings. So the locals are kind of reticent to go. But here's the thing. It's, it's, if once you buy the plane ticket, uh, get all the details put together, and show up on 
uh, on your stepping off place and you start walking, then all the stress and all the unknown goes away. And all you have to do is make it from point A to point B. That's all you have to do. But as far as prepping uh, physical conditioning, that's, that's all you need to do. But then there's a couple of different ways to do it. You learn about this on the website. Uh, you can hire the folks in Austria at Alpha Adria to put together a package deal for you. And of, of course there's cost involved, but there's, there's something that's kind of fun about trying to figure out every pension where you want to stay along the way, because sometimes if you allow someone else to arrange it, they might find something that's two kilometers farther than what you thought was the ending place. Right. And if you've put in, if you put in 12, 13 miles and you think I've got to go another mile, um, you're, you're well served just to go online and book a bunch of things yourself. And I, there's more, I can give you more details if you wish. Dale, um, when I, when I walked the, um, the Camino de Santiago, I made no reservations for accommodations. I just walked into okay. town after 20, 20 miles of walking or whatever, and <clears throat> just looked for a bed to stay. Is, is that kind of thing possible on this? Or do you have to pretty much make reservations beforehand? You have to make reservations beforehand. Okay. There's no question. It's, it's not. So imagine this is a, a trail and the, the, the Camino is a freeway. And on the freeway, you've got all kinds of gas stations and all kinds of options for places to stay. The places to stay are limited. Got so it. I would not, rec- yeah, would not recommend the former showing up trying to find a place. Tell me about um, in, sort of in your heart and in your thoughts, what it means to do this with, with Ali, with your significant life partner like how does that affect the experience and and your thoughts about it <laughs> tony thank you that's a very good question uh, the thing about my wife uh, she's kind of what i call she's kind of a gamer and <laughs> she <laughs> i love that i'm going to tell her you said that <laughs> well she is and here's the thing if 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 we went to a uh, all-inclusive gathering in Mexico and just sat at the beach and drank margaritas poolside, that would be a death march for her. And she just would not do that. She can sit and on a beach for an, for about an hour, then she gets restless and she wants to go see and do. So the reason is, here's, here's a, I'll get to your, I'll answer the, hopefully answer the question more in a clear fashion, but she needs an adventure a day if we're on vacation together. Mm-hmm. And when you are on this little Alpha Adria, it is an adventure every day and it's already planned. So you don't have the stress of trying to figure out, well, how am I going to entertain quote unquote, my lovely, that it's already a set plan. So as far as what it does for us, there's a shared experience in a foreign culture in which there's a lot of unknown. There is still some adventure to be had but they're a shared adventure. And then at the end of the day, shared tiredness and just reviewing the events of the day over a meal that a local farmer or farmer's wife prepared for you and some grapes that they picked from the hillside 50 yards from their home that were pressed by their friend across the border in Italy. And and your drinking drink that was picked by their naked hands and you are you are taking sustenance from something they prepared by hand and you're sharing that with your spouse. And then you get to review the events of the day and you get to do it again the next day. 
uh, uh, Tony, there's, <laughs> there's not much better. I don't think you can get any better than that. That's just my opinion. That's pretty great. And I'm definitely hearing the, the real sort of drinking in of life, the, the experiencing, you know, the multi-sensory uh, beauty of this life under the sun that we get to experience and to have someone to share that with, you know, uh, I'm going to, I'm just going to ask you one more question and, and then I'm going to let you go here, but um, any, any thoughts on, on what this, what this hundred mile walk, the, uh, uh, you know, days, long days of meditation as you walk, uh, what, what it's going to mean for you or what, what you might get out of it or what you're hoping to get out of it. That's a great question. I, I kind of, as I, as I walk along, I just kind of talk to the creator and say, you made this, you, you made this and you made right. this. And so there's kind of an ongoing conversation as you walk. Yeah. And uh, that is always, I always take great pleasure in that. And uh, I think that's communi communicating with the creator, with what he has made and then his creations, that is the people along the way. It's, it's really hard to top. And this this kind of uh, this kind of idea of, of walking together and going on walking experiences uh, it, it does so much for your soul and because of it it's not complicated sometimes I you know I look at the folks who are here which is great and perhaps I'll do this someday there's a lot of folks with very expensive and complex machines called bicycles and it's totally okay to go on an experience with a bicycle but there is so that you kind of uh, increase the complexity a hundredfold, and I just the the simplicity of having uh, a, a fifteen pound backpack. Most most of the weight is water, a pair of sturdy shoes, two pair of socks, and a couple of dry fit shirts, and something adequate to wear to go to the evening meal. Uh, there's the simplicity is just it just kind of helps you. Uh, figure out what you what you really need <laughs> and so uh, we're always kind of in kind of dumbstruck when we're done thinking huh we did this with a 15 pound backpack and uh, a jigger of water not a jigger but you know a big jug of water so that's kind of a quick response tony but uh, perhaps you can slice and dice and make something out of that no it's good i mean simplicity slowness stillness reflectiveness and that that unbelievable sensation um i just in the in the the cacophony of the human experience we miss that we are constantly constantly interconnected with everything around us there is a there is a profound uh blurring of the lines between ourselves and everything around us other people the creation, um, the beauty that's all around us. And um, so often we, in, in our freneticness, we retreat back into ourselves and create a false barrier between ourselves and, and all that exists around us. And I just hear that you're going to have, you know, a hundred miles to break down that, that false wall and just let yourself sort of ooze and settle into all that all that's around you as well as your relationship with Ali and I'm super excited for you is there anything you haven't had a chance to say you'd like to say to tell us about there is there is and this is just a little color at the end and it's sometimes if you're trying to describe the entire experience it's easier to, to give you like a little anecdote about 
the who, who will we meet along the trail? The last night we will stay with the Lavender Girls. And they are two farm ladies, mid fifties, both single, that took it upon themselves about 13 years ago to start a little farm tourist outfit in Bordo, Slovenia, B-R-D-O. And so they have about uh, 15 to 18 beds, but they also took it upon themselves to kind of do something outside the lines and do something besides just wine. And so they pulled out some, uh, pulled out some uh, vines and grew a bunch of lavender. And so they harvest this lavender every year, they dry it out and they infuse it into different food products including mm. cookies and yogurt, uh, special uh, lemonade, even lip balm. <laughs> and these, these ladies are so warm and kind and gracious. And it's just to be under their roof and be under their care. And, and these people are truly connected to the earth and to the land. And they have uh, such joy and they eat so such healthy food and they have uh, to share a meal with them is, is just uh, to be under their care for two nights is what we'll do is, is pretty special. So I highly recommend the, the Lavender Girls experience for anyone who ever happens to go to the area of Goriska, Barda, Slovenia. So it's, it's the people along the way that, that truly make the experience rich and I, if you're, if a person is thinking, ah, I couldn't do this. Yes, you can. I have every confidence that just with a little bit of conditioning and a plane ticket, a little money in your pocket, not much, you can create an experience like this as well. Dale, thank you so much. It's thank you for just sort of vocalizing and illustrating so much of what the Pilgrim Lost experience is about. And um, if it's okay with you, I, I would love to reach out to you. Um, after this experience is over and get a little of the, on the other end, what, what it felt like and, and what, what all you saw, would you be up for that? Tony, I would. And I would like to give a report of what new products the Lavender Girls have. And I can explain <laughs> that. Okay. That's a deal. Thank you, buddy. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. We are back. We are back back a couple months have passed it's now january 2022 and i am back on the line with dale bob mcferrin he has walked the alpa adria he has had life-changing experiences and he's back to tell us about it which i'm so excited hi dale hello tony it's great to be with you on the show Thank you. So uh, everyone just listened to the first half, which happened. Uh, you, we were on a phone call from Slovenia and you were about to go on the first day of your walk and you were super excited and you and your wife together. And, um, and now it's after the fact and you've had some weeks to reflect on it. And um, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. I am drinking my Russian Earl Grey. Yes. My giant mug. Can you see that that says the globe? Prague. That looks like a. I do remember the globe. Remember the globe like bookstore. The old, in... li the old library smell, right? With paper yes. and glue. Yes. So from back in our European days, back. I remember that. Back when we were bopping around the continent, as they say. <laughs> that was a lifetime ago. Yes. So again, the Alpa Adria, the Alpa Adria, A L P E dash. 
a d r i a dot or dash trail.com if people want to look it up alpa with an e adria trail.com people want to look it up it is um the route from the alps to the adriatic sea 43 stages and you and your wife did how many stages did you do on the trip that's a good question i'm going to say on this trip uh, seven or eight we did not go crazy uh it was just perfect no it wasn't perfect that's part of this that's part of the story oh yeah let's talk let's start with imperfection what was imperfect about it well, it was blazing hot, and mm. you, unless you are a mule, you cannot pack enough water on your person to hydrate for a, uh, say, a 12-hour hike. And so we ran into some problems with hydration, and we, we thought we were ready, and we thought we had the uh, conditioning, but thankfully, uh, we, we did make it through on the very difficult day. But I want to take you back to the first day, if I may. Please. <laughs> okay. So imagine you, you take your little rental car and you go to this little hotel. You go in and drop the keys off and say, hey, here's your rental car. And then you start walking. And you're walking through a little town called Karanska Gora. And you walk through the town and you're passing all the folks who are sipping lattes at little cafes and such. Then you walk through a little park. And then you come to what appears to be a, a little farmer's gate with an electric fence and you open the fence carefully as not to get shocked. And then you're on the trail. And so now you're, you're walking and very suddenly uh, you are in nature and away from city life and the journey has begun. And it's kind of, you're anticipating and you're excited and you think, okay, this is it. We've been planning this for months. Here we go. And there's no better spot to be in than the first steps on the trail. It's like going through the looking glass. It's like walking through the wardrobe. All these great <laughs> stories begin this way. And you started yours through a farm gate out into the countryside. And you told me, well, we talked about earlier that you were going with your wife. Tell me about the relational experience of being on this multi-day hike together in the heat and some days without enough water and the beauty all around tell me about how you guys connected and shared it that's a excellent tony here's here's the dealio my lovely bride needs to have on vacation one new experience per day mm -hmm. so if i'm the organizer of any uh, excursion there has to be the thing whatever the entertainment is or experience of the day entertainment is not really the right word but you get it if you go into a trip and you think uh, oh man what are we doing the the trail experience on any trail is perfect for someone who wants a new experience because every day is different there's not a question well where are we going to go that's already decided so what that does for our relationship it reduces uh, decision making and that is helpful because even though we've been married for 10 years we have decent communication skills when there are fewer things to grind through and the entertainment is the trail it just makes it super easy uh, to delve into uh, the experience and as far as for me and my bride we don't have to be chatting and interacting the entire way 
you are just simply observing things together and saying, honey, look at that. Well, look at right. that. Right. And, and so that, that's very positive for us. And, but conversation is only one of the languages of relationship. You know, you can share flavors, you can share sights, you can share sounds, you can share all, I mean, the whole experience together. How, what's it like just going on a multi-sensory circus? <laughs> that is the perfect word picture. Well, it's, here's one, one thing to do. When your, your senses are heightened when you are hungry. So when you have a crust of bread and a piece of ham, uh, maybe a little jug of wine, and you sit down at a little bench along a meandering brook that's overused, sounds like purple prose, but it, uh, the, the shared experience of a simple meal, uh, you're hot and you're sweating, but you need nourishment to go the next five miles and to, to sit down and, and, and break bread with your, with your spouse is just uh, pretty special. And I think in hindsight, looking back on it, you, you just say two words, Alpha Adria, and then all those shared experiences come back and nothing really needs to be said because you, you share the experience together. And, you know, in, in kind of a strange reference, but in Casablanca, when uh, uh, Ingrid Bergman says to Bogey, we'll always have Paris, they just one word, Paris, mm -hmm. and, and every. And that's all you need because of the shared experience they had in Paris. So uh, in a similar vein, Alpha Adria. And then it just brings back all of the shared experiences hmm. of, uh, of being tired, but uh, pushing through and, and Ali being so hydrated that it was, uh, her eyes got real scratchy and uncomfortable. Uh, but it, it's kind of, we did this together. And I think hmm. that's something special. And we'll, we'll never forget it for the next 40 years. Awesome. You, uh, in the pre, our pre-conversation, you mentioned that you were really looking forward through the walk to connect with the creator, to talk to the creator while you were walking. Did that happen? Did you feel like that you had some sort of divine connection out there in the beauty of <laughs> Slovenia and Italy? I think so. Uh, you know, you ask, you ask very good questions, Tone. Here's the way I would, uh, Here's the way I'd respond. Our friend, uh, God rest him, Anthony Bourdain, he would always describe uh, food experiences in very simple prose. He would say it was excellent. It was good. It was spicy. But he didn't use descriptors that were impossible to understand. He was just trying to communicate with his audience on television. So here's, I'm not comparing myself to Anthony Bourdain at all that I would like to mimic a style and just say, I felt very small. Uh, in, in Slovenia, the, there is more horizontal space, excuse me, more vertical space than horizontal space, uh, 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 meter by meter, because the country is so mountainous. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the mountains are rather abrupt. And so when you're walking, it's flat, 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 and then boom, you're right in the middle of it. Uh, and so you just feel very small that, uh, and you feel like uh, someone, something created this as opposed to, uh, maybe just all, this all just happened by accident. It's kind of tipping my hand to my worldview, but it seems like the creator put it together for my joy 
mm. and for my and for my pleasure that I could uh, just delve into what he had made just simply for my viewing pleasure and it did bring uh, uh, pleasure it brought joy and oh how how you know what else can you say besides it was a, a special a, moment was there a moment when you came over the crest of a hill and there was a valley laid out below or you turned the corner around a crag of rock and there was a, a, a bay in the adriatic beneath you was there anything like that that you can remember i'm putting you on the spot <laughs> uh, i think one of the best yeah i think one of the best looks on the Alp Adri is you're walking from Kranskagora over the Vrishich Pass. And so the Vrishich Pass is a little cobblestones built by uh, Russian prisoners, prisoners of war. But I think what I will remember is walking over the tippy top and you come upon this little, uh, this little coffee shop and they're, they're serving, they're serving yota, they're serving uh, beans and cabbage and uh, various beverages to all the hikers who are up there. Mm. But uh, just to uh, sit down with a Rattler, which is a part beer, part uh, grapefruit juice, and a lot of corn syrup, but it's just the ticket when you're hot and sweaty. But sitting down there amongst all these other people who are also choosing to spend the day, choosing to spend their weekend in nature, enjoying beauty, as opposed to glued to a screen, it's kind of like a special club. So I think just the, the camaraderie of being people who have being with people just for a few minutes who have a, a shared value of being in creation and walking because everyone up there had their walking gear and you kind of feel I'm in the club. Mm. I'm in the club. With the, and that was just as special as the, the incredible views. But it's kind of like all these club members are, are choosing to experience um, what the creator has created for us. And so I, that was a special moment for me being with, there wasn't a lot of shared words, but like uh, being part of the club. You spent, when describing your plans for the trip, you spent a fair amount of time talking about getting the right reservation and staying at these, these, uh, visitor farms or i'm not sure what term you use for them how'd that how'd that turn out did you did they did were your hopes met by these experiences at these private guest houses they were and they're a good question they are called tourist farms and they're they're working farms with four to six little rooms and and those expectations were met and i i think that i enjoyed uh, uh, we had returned to some places that we had already been before. And one, one particular place that I knew the place so well, some other hikers came up and they were looking for coffee. And so I went and got them coffee. <laughs> so that was the, the relaxed con convivial nature or friendship we have with the owners was such that I was taking orders for the other hikers. So did it meet our expectations? Yes. Mainly because of the, the shared histories that we have with the with the uh, the owners of the inns so that was very special it's great this seems like the right time to ask about the lavender girls who you mentioned before you left did you visit the lavender girls and anything from that experience <laughs> yeah here's 
here's one thing that I'm learning, and I learned this from my cousin, that the lavender girls are wonderful. And just one short little snippet, they are exceedingly busy trying to run a farm, care for their guests, prepare the next meal. But I knew I wouldn't be able to get them to sit down unless I pulled out the secret weapon. Secret Because I wanted to, yes, the secret weapon is this. I said, ladies, if I buy one of your bottles of champagne. Lavender champagne? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Thankfully, it was not lavender champagne. Okay. They don't have any. And I'm glad, glad for that. No lavender infused champagne, thankfully. Lavender infused honey, cookies, and occasionally pasta, but no champagne. They actually sat down with us for 10 or 15 minutes mm. and shared a glass and talked about life on the farm. And it was very special to be with them. That did not disappoint. Mm. Even a few minutes. It was wonderful. That's great. We we try and talk about the pilgrim life, not just about pilgrim experiences. And you've gone on this pilgrim experience that sounds beautiful. And I've been in that part of the world and I've been in those countries that you're talking about, but I certainly have never been on a long walk like that. And back in those days, I didn't appreciate long walks the way that I appreciate them today. But as you come back home, Dale, to your home in Arkansas, and you, um, is there anything from that experience that you take back with you and go, this is a theme of life that I want more of. This is something that would be part of making every day a wholer, fuller, more human day. Tony, the little burg where we live in Arkansas and Northwest Arkansas is, it's, uh, has so many groomed perfectly taking care of uh, hiking and mountain bike trails. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So 100 yards from our home is a trailhead. And I go on the trail uh, often, very often. It's a, a great way to start the day. Um, I don't run as much as I used to being mid fifties. The knees aren't cooperating, but uh, walking is not a problem. And I am enjoying the, the rhythm of, of going for a walk. and. Uh, observing things in nature that you don't uh, that new things that you see every day so there's something uh, it seems right and proper to go for a walk in our little backyard in our little burg and it is very pleasurable i want more of that in the, the following year do you find uh do you find that your meditation life is fuller when when you do you, do you meditate while you walk or do you mostly distract yourself while you walk? <laughs> I, you know, I listen to old ancient poetry. Uh, I listen to music. Uh, sometimes I listen to a podcast. Uh, I will, uh, it just kind of depends on the day. Uh, I think I, I will mumble, not mumble. I will talk out loud sometimes. And uh, that's, I don't have a super response, Tony, kind of, it kind of varies, but I never, how about this? I never return from a walk being disappointed and thinking, oh, that was a waste of time. Hmm. It just seems, it seems to in, invigorate and, and give me joy and pleasure. And I like doing it by myself when I'm at home for whatever reason. And I, so. That's interesting. Um, Cause my next question was, you know, when you, when you talked about Alpa Adria, you kept bringing in stories of 
stopping and you know observing the vista with strangers or getting people coffee or 10 minutes with the lavender girls or having that whole experience with your wife and being able to process each day together and all these really human encounters some of them with strangers with people you hardly knew that you were just reaching out to connecting with enjoying a moment with are you able to do that as well in america or is that just a european thing You know, you can do that, uh, not on the trail so much because I'm walking and most people on the trail are on mountain bikes. You can do that on your home. So this is, you've heard the the quote, confession is good for the soul, but bad for the reputation. There was an interesting young man who came to our door. He was a traveling salesman and he was interesting because he had a foreign accent. And so I said, where are you from? He said, I'm from Serbia. So I asked him, in his language, are you a proper Serbian? And his eyes got as big as saucers. Uh, so this is the good part of the story. The confession's coming in a second. I said, come in, come in. There's the bathroom. Let me get you a glass of water. This is my wife. These are the construction workers because our house was undergoing a renovation. He stayed for an hour. I made him a Shopska salad. We had a wonderful time of connecting. And then I took him out for two subsequent meals after that. And I still stay in touch with him via Facebook. And it was an absolute blast to have a foreigner in my home. And that's kind of the way I'm wired. So here's the confession part. A couple weeks later, some other guys came to the door uh, wanting to build or wanting to put a new roof on my house. And they were two local guys. I did not invite them in. I did not offer them a glass of water. I did not cook them lunch because I didn't think they were interesting because they weren't from another culture. Hmm. So um, I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but I'm telling you this to say, I want to be consistent and be gracious to all travelers. And these are fellow travelers, you know, guys trying to trying to make a living in our little Berg, but the, in the same way that the, the, the people that we, uh, uh, that we were with were so gracious to me. Mm -hmm. I want to be gracious to the people that come into my life along the trail. Right. So just be, just because the Serbian kid had a cool accent and the local guys did not, it doesn't mean they're any less interesting. Mm. And I, I want to become a, eh, I don't know if steward is the right word. I just want to become a more gracious person to other folks that I meet along the road. Am I making sense, Tony? You're making a you're making a ton of sense to me, uh, because I am more guilty than you, I'm sure, of dividing the world out into interesting people and uninteresting people, and people who are worth my time, people who aren't worth my time, as opposed to seeing every person as an unbelievable story that I get to discover and learn and to hear what they value. And if somebody will sit down with you and share with you what they value, what they dream about, what they hope for, what they care about, uh, what's most important to them, even if it's streaming Netflix, you know, whatever it is, they are letting you into the most precious things about who they are, their hopes, their dreams, their desires, the things that make them feel good or whole, true, loved, and um, and I am terrible at that. There's an old quote. There's an old quote. Oh, who was it that said it? I'm I'm just gonna say it was C.S. Lewis because we give everything to C.S. Lewis when we don't know who it falls to. But the quote was something like, "If I knew, 
if I knew how beautiful the beggar is who I meet on the street, how truly beautiful or eternal or something like that, if I could just see them for what they really are, I would want to treat them as a God, drop to my knees and bow down because of how beautiful a creature they are. Yes. And I botched that quote. So forgive me, whoever historical person said it, but that idea, if I could just see the beauty, you know, there's nothing more amazing than a human being. Even when they come from the other end of the political spectrum, even if they come from my same culture, but that I want to dismiss them for whatever reason, they're so, they're so beautiful. And one thing about being on pilgrimage is we assume that everyone else is a part of our story and we're a part of theirs. And there's sort of this shared permission to chat for no reason whatsoever, to connect, yeah. to hear each other's dreams, hopes, desires. And I want that for my life. Tony, you're right. There, that's a great point because if, if we did meet people at a coffee shop who were on the Alpa Adria, you start chatting as if you're a long lost friends. And, it has to be that way in Spain. Oh, right? oh, everybody's your friend. I mean, it's ridiculous. Everybody is your friend. <laughs> and so when you came back, I bet it was difficult to re-engage in your own culture because everyone was not your friend. Yeah. And I, you know, I would walk around the city and that now we're getting totally, this is, this is, <laughs> this is bonus footage. This is B-side stuff now, but <laughs> I would walk around the city and I'd like, I'd walk past people who are out walking, you know, and they lay backpack on little hiking boots and I'd pass them in the city of Portland. I'd be like, hi. And then suddenly, you know, be like some, some, you know, lady, you know, middle-aged woman walking along and here's this six foot three bald guy coming at them going, hi. And, you know, of course they, they crossed the road and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? What the, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I am just a, a wave of misunderstanding as I walk around the city, but I'm doing better. Massive help. So now I just try and smile with my eyes as I walk. <laughs> Smiling with your eyes is hard. That is hilarious. All right. Anything you haven't had a chance to say, Dale Bob, that you would like to say? Oh, in, in closing, uh, I think in our American culture, we want to pay for everything. And oh, you, yeah. you're going to have an you're going to have an opportunity for if you go on a pilgrimage, you go on a hike, you're going to be place yourself in a position which is good, that you're going to have to rely on others. And I'm conditioned by my culture. If there's a service rendered, we pay for it. And when you hitchhike and when someone offers you a ride, don't rob them of the joy of saying, "Let me pay for this," or not accepting it, because you right. are you're you're having the opportunity for what you might call in your space, Tony, a kind of a sacred connection right. with another human being and to refuse them the joy of serving you, you're kind of robbing them. So don't let that happen. Let others serve you and let them have the joy of serving you. So that's my closing thought. Everybody, that's Dale McFerrin. He walked the Alpa Adria Trail. You can look that up online. Incredible pictures on the website. Uh, go check it out. It's so beautiful. Um, you might need to add that to your pilgrimage list. But more importantly, um, let's bring pilgrimage back home every day as we walk around the neighborhood, as we love our neighbors, as we connect with human beings, whether we know them or not, uh, while we embrace art and beauty and creativity, while we practice meditation, 
while we enjoy nature in all of its forms. Uh, I just hope that you spend your life getting lost in those things. Thank you for walking with us. To stay connected, visit us at pilgrimlost.com. Please comment, share, and respond.